Today's episode is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. Haven't heard about Anchor? Well, let me explain. It's free. That's right, F-R-E-E, free. Anchor has many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then take your podcast and distribute it for you. It can now be heard on multiple podcasting platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your dream now. up everybody welcome back to another episode of the rough cut sportscast i am your host the one and only Vinny milani alongside not one not two but three get well i guess i guess you don't count as a guest at this point so i got two guests with me of course at this point yeah, yeah, <laughs> when was i a guest when was i a guest on the show i'm not a guest you're not a guest we're both not guests but these two at, wait hold on at this point are they guests or are they just a part of the show let's see so, Dylan, this would now be your fourth appearance. Fourth appearance, and, yep. And Aaron, this would be your third appearance. I would say, I would say, three and after your your family, right? Family at this point. So, but if you have <laughs> not seen these two gentlemen here, I've got Dylan Kearns right below me, Aaron Mukes right below AJ. These two guys have killer shows you have to check out. Dylan Kearns has the big city sports podcast dylan do you have do you have another show that you would like to mention or do you have anything else that you would like to mention i know you have the big city sports podcast but you also do a lot of things on your own is there is there anything more than just the big city sports podcast on during the regular season of the nfl on my personal account uh, dylan kearns tv on instagram i used to do nfl pregame shows for about 30 minutes but since the season's passed nothing much going on there but i do host a uh, notre dame football podcast i I guess it's all notre dame sports but people only show up for football but uh, the golden domers report that's on youtube Uh, me and my cousin do something there as well hey notre dame has a sick hockey team though they also have gold helmets just like they do in football just letting you know <laughs> that, that's guy, actually pretty dope for their hockey like that they also have gold helmets that's pretty dope they and do. then we can talk florida state notre dame basketball whenever yeah. you want. I, yeah. I, I, I saw the florida state plays notre dame next year for college football that's a thing week one yeah, that happens kicks off in tallahassee yeah, yeah, that's a th- you said that Let's happens quite it. a bit though. Are they ACC? Okay, we're not going to get into this. Aaron Mukes <laughs> is in the bottom right corner. Aaron, you of course have the Sports Uncovered podcast coming up. You also do the Sideline to Sideline podcast. What's up, buddy? Hey, what is going on? Thank you guys for having me. Uh, like you mentioned, the Sideline to Sideline podcast, which is a football-based podcast, is actually going on break. Um, it's transitioning to a fantasy football podcast, so that will be out. Again, come April, once we get closer to the draft. And as you mentioned, Sports Uncovered is coming up. Episode one should be here next week. And um, we talk all things sports. And I'm I'm assuming, I'm, I'm actually going to assume this right now, that I will have all three of you guys on that show <laughs> as well. And like AJ said, I think three times as family. Me, me and Dylan are like the, uh, AJ will, will appreciate this, we're like the G League guys. 
You can bring us up, <laughs> send us back down, bring us up and send us back down as many times as you want. So we're ready to fill in when you need us. It's always fun. And, and today we need you guys. AJ and I both know this and we admit this. We need you guys today because today we are talking baseball. Something that we have not talked before. This is, will be the first time that we are talking baseball on this show. I'm actually very excited for it. AJ, this is the first time that both of us are on the outside looking into a sport to where like, we're both like, we got our notepads ready, ready to, to figure out and learn about this beautiful game of baseball. AJ, how are you doing today? I mean, I'm here. I'm on camera. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm excited. I like the fact that this is the route we went with it. You know, if if we don't know, it's better than to come on here and pretend like we do. Let's get some people who do, allow them to talk and do what they enjoy most. We have a better show for it. I'm great. I'm happy. My my team back here, they're gonna they're gonna step up again. They're actually gonna get to the World Series instead of losing to my Tampa Bay Rays. I believe that this guy right behind me has something else to something to say. I, uh, especially, <laughs> especially being NL East rivals here. I also just realized that Mr. Met, his arms look like they're coming out of me with this. Yeah. Kind of funny. But I gotta I, I I gotta start off with this right off the jump here. This Hall of Fame thing, man. I, I gotta I don't understand it. Like there's just mm. I, it's not like any other sport. I've never seen a sport have no one get into the Hall of Fame. So basically what what's happening here. Pull up the list. All these guys here received votes for the Hall of Fame, for the Baseball Hall of Fame, and none of them got in because you need 75% of the votes to get into the Hall of Fame. None of these guys got in. This is mind-blowing to me because, like I said, this is, does this just does not happen in any other sports. Aaron, what are your initial rea- What was your initial reaction to seeing this? I, I, is this a travesty? <laughs> uh, travesty <laughs> is probably the word... Um, that's that's most kind to describe how I feel uh, about the, the Hall of Fame voting with Major League Baseball. I, I've felt the same way for at least the past nine seasons. Uh, coming okay. over here in the West Coast, we are here. I'm a Giants fan, and I watch every single year as Barry Bonds' name is announced. Uh, Barry Bonds' name is talked about, and then every year he falls short of getting in to the Hall. And, it, you know, baseball has just done a poor job, in my opinion, of not only explaining to its fans – but people, what the requirements are to be in the Hall of Fame. We have so much controversy surrounding steroids, cheating with you know guys like Pete Rose. And then, uh, and then every year we sit there and we have these debates. And then we talk about the guys that are going to come next year, the Alex Rodriguez, the David Ortiz. Are these guys that are going to have the same issues for 10 years um, getting into the Hall of Fame? And I, I just think they, that baseball done a poor job of, number one, identifying the actual voters that understand the game of baseball today, not you know 1950 baseball, but the understanding the game today, and have and have to realize that the game has transitioned. The game has changed over the past you know 50 years from what it was, and we still look at these players and we talk about the steroid era, and how do we separate these players out or or put them in with an asterisk or or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. But I think baseball has to come together and find out a way to where we can still appreciate and celebrate these great players in the game of baseball without always going back to, well, they may have cheated or we're, we're pretty sure they cheated. And, and I feel like they're just not doing uh, baseball fans or the game itself any kind of justice. Yeah. It, has this ever happened before where no one gets in? <laughs> I think it's been since 1960 was the last time this happened. 
in the 60s. I know that for a fact, but I just don't know what <laughs> I think it's 60, but I I know it's in the 60s. Dylan, Dylan, what what's your thoughts on this whole thing? This is I mean, it's, this is great. I'm like I'm I guess the word would be dumbfounded. Is that is that the proper word here? I'm not really <laughs> words. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Dylan, what's your thoughts? My thoughts are a little bit different than AJ uh, or not AJ Aaron. Of course Um, you look right here. There's a lot of purists in baseball. That's the thing that have gone back many years. Now people have said, Oh, the game's changing. We don't want it to change. And you look at the people that are voting. It's the baseball writers of America. They're the ones that get to vote and they've been around for a long time. You can still be a voter for a long time after you have stopped writing for baseball, of course. And it's just, all these all these years, it's the same exact narrative on not a lot of people get in, not a lot of people give respect to those that have cheated the game. And I, I'm not saying that I would. I, I'm more purist than I am anything else. So I would, I would lean more towards the old people here. But uh, there is a point. A lot of people have tried to get on this ballot, that have fought for years to try to get a vote. And I, I've seen many of them just put in a blank card this year with no votes on it. So if you're not voting for anyone to get in the Hall of Fame, I know it's an exclusive club in baseball to where not a lot of people can get in if you don't do the right things, whether it's social media, whether it's any sort of stance that you take. But it, it's starting to get old. And I, that's one thing that I would agree with, Aaron, is that you should end up putting some of these people in. I just don't know if you could put people in that have cheated the game. Yeah, I was about to say what so you guys seem like let let it let it out. Let let I, this is this is AJ and I we're here we're here for the the, the rumble here. This, you guys talked about it before the show and I, I I got the sense you guys are on both sides of this this idea. Aaron, what do you got? I'll I'll say this. Dylan Dylan makes a good point about um being a purist of the game. And and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I I have the issue with these writers who like he mentioned are no longer writing and they're still having votes 10 years after um, after their writing. I feel like that's just, we should be transitioning to this new group of voters and let them have a say and, and let them be the ones who are deciding whether these players actually get in the Hall of Fame. And to speak to the fact of the cheating aspect in baseball, um, I mentioned this before. Cheating has been around in the game of baseball forever. I coach Little League Baseball. We steal signs. We're, we're, we're giving signals to, you know, hey, if, if I go like this, he's throwing fastball. I mean, these are things that have been around the game of baseball forever back to, you know, as long as I can remember far before my time. And I don't think, I think we have to be very careful how we start to categorize actually what actually is cheating. When we start talking about Dylan made a great um, kind of a, a post on, on online the other day, talking about whether the Houston Astros of 2017, if these hitters should be allowed in the hall of fame, the Jose Altuve's or Carlos Correa's, if they're fortunate enough to make it, because they were caught with this whole sign stealing, stealing scandal. And I think that's that's something that we have to watch. Now, it's obviously going to be a long time down the road uh, once these guys retire. But I have a feeling that the thought around those players are going to be different than those that took steroids. And for whatever reason, this this steroid conversation around these guys that, that took steroids, I think we have to put it into perspective. Everybody during that era was doing it. And I don't mean every single individual – but the game as a whole suffered a huge uh, black eye because of this steroid scandal. And I think those those voters or the fans understand that if we put guys in like Bond or Clemens, that there is some sort of like we understand what they did. We, we know that they may have taken something to enhance their abilities, but we also understand and recognize those were still great baseball players. And I think as long as we have that that understanding, then I think it's OK to start allowing guys in. I mean, at what point? 
do we as Americans <laughs> and society forgive? Rose, let him in, man. Let him in. Wow, that was that was that was very emotional. Was, we as Americans, <laughs> AJ, you you shook your head during uh, Aaron what Aaron was saying there. What do you what, what's on your mind? It it blows my mind first off that you had a Hall of Fame ballot with nobody entering the Hall of Fame. Like, what does that say about your sport? I mean, it's supposed to be one of the greatest sports, you know, an all time favorite in America's pastime, and you have guys who are on the ballot for ten years. How can you even have a year where nobody was available for the Hall of Fame? It would come to reason to me as a less than casual baseball fan that if these guys weren't getting in in other years, it's because other people deserved it more. Other people were better. Now you have no one who deserved it. So why aren't these guys at the top, like a Barry Bonds, like a Clemens, like a Schilling, being allowed into the Hall of Fame? And then on top of that, like I think about it, Barry Bonds to me should have been like the first ballot. <laughs> it, it speaks to me like the same thing that happened to T.O. T.O. was an undeniable first ballot Hall of Famer in football. And because people didn't like his attitude, they, they made him wait three years. That's a lot of what's going on here. And I'll say this to finish because, you know, <laughs> this one's not about me. But I, I agree with it. You can't have it both ways. As Americans, we preach about being the land of forgiveness and second chances. Why are these guys not getting in the Hall of Fame then? Second chances are here, especially if it's down the road we're going to let these Astros in for their cheating. You're telling me Barry Bonds doesn't deserve to be in? Is that okay, though? Is that okay to let the, let the Astro players in for cheating? I, I, don't, I, so. I don't like it. I'm not a big fan of, like, to me, I, I am on the side of you cheat. Like, I, you don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame if you're a cheater. If you need any type of help, I know that there's the argument out there of Barry Bonds did a ton before he was caught cheating. And I get your argument, Aaron, of, of uh, everyone cheats and, and then just some guys just don't get caught. That that's the thing. You don't know the you don't know that these guys are cheating. We know that Barry Bonds is a cheater. We know this. So I say it with such disdain. Sorry, sorry. I'll say this. I'll say I'll say this. We've talked about um, the cheating aspect, and I think it's it's very telling that the game of baseball is the only conversation we have this in. Is anybody arguing that Bill Belichick is going to be in the Hall of Fame? Is anybody arguing that Tom Brady is going to be in the Hall of Fame? And they've been accused and given penalties for deflating footballs, uh, filming practices, things in sports. And we and we we have to understand as as anybody who's played sports understands you are you are pushing the limits every time. And, and and as professionals, even more, you're going to do as much as you can to toe that line for an advantage. That's what sports are about. And yeah. yes, the the Astro situation is. That one hits home because there have been there have been other teams accused and even other teams that have been known to do the similar and some of the same things, but they weren't penalized for it. And we're going to have this conversation and we're going to then take away somebody's right to or not even a right. They're they're privileged to get into a Hall of Fame that is numbers based because they knew a fastball was coming or they knew a slider was coming. That's these cheating. Things, these things are known anyways. Like these are things that are known anyways. And. and and I think if you're if you're caught, you're caught. They're penalized. But I think at some point we have to move on. And one season of maybe getting caught doing something is different than cheating your entire career. And I think that's another thing that would have to be discussed is, okay, Altuve, he got caught 2017. 
you then start to say, well, he had a Hall of Fame career after that. Does he still get penalized for 2017? And that's, those are things that baseball is very unforgiving. And you're in a dying sport already. Like this sport is already going this way down. Yeah, right? It's trending down. I, I just think they're, they're walking a fine line and baseball has to get a handle on it. Even if they decide to not let these guys in, they need to be very clear and, and careful on, on their consistency and making sure it's, it's done the right way. I tell you one thing. You you said what does Jose Jose Altuve have? He's got a shiny 2017 AL MVP trophy <laughs> that Aaron Judge frankly should have won if it wasn't for cheating. So that's something that he's gained. And going back to your guys' points on the Pete Rose discussion, the Barry Bonds. Now you look at the 2017 Astros. That's a lot of generations going through the hall that have been snubbed. So I I think these writers that are very old that I brought up before. Are, are sticking by the same principles that they have before. And if they do put someone in from that thing, that it'll, it allows and it promotes cheating that you can get in by being a cheater. But Aaron said it best by saying this has been around for a long time. So it's sort of that fine line between all these things. And it, they just need to come together and agree on one thing. I mean, I guess they are by not putting any of these guys in, but it's just, it's starting to get old. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's very, it, I think you brought up a, a really good point there, Aaron, with the fact that like this is a like this sport is on the decline, and incidents like this just can't happen because it really just brings it down even more. Uh, AJ, you brought up a, a question from Dante here, asking why they have trouble getting new fans. I want to let everyone, I'm going to let everyone stir on this. No one's going to answer this question just yet. I'm going to save this question for the final countdown. Just let everyone know at the end of our show, we close it out for our audio listeners, but then we go live with our fans here in the chat, talking about and answering questions or talking about whatever every, anyone wants to talk about in the final countdown of the show. So I'm going to bring that back up during the final countdown. I want to move on though to I want to move on to today's game. I want to move on to today's off season here. And I, to me, I'm on the outside. I'm on the outside looking in for baseball. It's not like, it's not my top go-to sport to be in tune with. I want to ask you guys, Dylan, I'll start with you first. What jumps out to you from this off season that you think that a, a guy like me, a guy like AJ should know about this off season? Well, it's, it's been this very slow going off season. Uh, it's, it's taken a lot of traction. Many, many years now, the offseason and free agency has been very, very slow, and there's not a lot of movement going on. But it's just it's a different level this year. Of course, you have the money issues with the pandemic. But look at look at these teams. There's a luxury tax in baseball, $210 million. If you go over it the first year, you're taxed uh, 20%. Following year's 30 And the following year after that is you're taxed 50%. So a lot of these teams don't want to pay these taxes, and that's why you're seeing teams like the Yankees acquire a cost-friendly pitcher like Tyone and trading money like Ottavino to stay under the tax. So there's a lot of these things going on in the offseason that is making it slow down, and there's not a lot of signings going on. Yeah, I actually just had this conversation with my dad earlier today talking about Trevor Bauer and why the Yankees were not in on Trevor Bauer, and they they signed uh, Corey Kluber from – the Indians who Trevor Bauer used to play for the Indians, but he, I, he was like, the Yankees weren't even in on him. And I was like, I was like, yeah, because they couldn't afford him. They, they, they there was no way that they could have afforded a guy like Trevor Bauer. His asking prices from what I've seen is a lot. I'm concerned as a Mets fan because they're in on him. I'm obviously hoping he comes because they just traded away Steven Matz to the blue Jays. I digress. <laughs> Aaron, what is, what has been your favorite move though from this off season so far? 
Um, you know, this offseason obviously has been been slow, like Dylan kind of uh, alluded to. I think I think right now it's kind of an under – I don't want to say underrated move because he's one of the best closers in baseball. Um, but it's the Nationals and bringing in Brad Hand. And I think I think with all of the struggles that the Nationals have had, especially last year in their bullpen and closing out games, I mean, they were blowing saves left and right. Going and getting, obviously, a left-handed reliever who has been known to be one of the best closers in baseball is significant. Um, again, last year he, re- he led the league with 16 saves in a shortened season. Um, one thing he talked about, I was listening to an interview, he talked about bringing his velocity back up. Last year he focused on kind of control and command, uh, which led him to actually be a little bit more successful, but he wants to bring that velocity back up. Last year he was sitting about 91, 92 miles an hour. So this year we expect him to get back up to 93, 94. And then again, the deal itself is just, it, it fits, right? It fits for a team that, that was a year removed from the World Series. Um, they were having troubles in the bullpen. He actually led the league uh, last year, um, not only in saves, but also in uh, saves per, I'm sorry, in strikeouts per walks, which was a career high at 7.25. And he didn't allow a single home run all year. So um, with those numbers, bringing in him to kind of go with, obviously, the, the big guys um, that they have on the offensive side of the, on the lineup, I think is going to be big for them. I think it's something that the Nationals could bounce back and possibly contend this year. Yeah, I, I uh, that one hurts me. The, the, that move kind of hurts me because again, the Mets, the Mets were in. The Mets seem to be in on just about everyone this offseason. and that was one player that the Mets were in hard on actually. And not only does he not come to the Mets, but he comes to a division rival, and it's like, man, I don't want to. I don't want that to come. But we, I mean, not to go into a different sport here, but we talk about Deshaun Watson, and we're like, okay, that they're not going to trade him to a, a fellow team in the AFC South and the Jags or or the Colts or something like that. And it's like. It because it, it, it hurts you so much because you're going to see them so many times in that year, and I like that sign. That's one player that I, I did a little bit of research on because he was a potential Met, and I was like, man, this would be really great for the Mets to have. And well, now he's playing for the Nationals, similar to when the Mets got lost Zach Wheeler. They lost that. They not only Phillies. lost Zach Wheeler, but they lost Zach Wheeler to the Phillies. I was like, man, that's not good, man. That's not good business right there. That's not good business. <laughs> Dylan, what about you though? Uh, there's there's been a lot of talk around these uh, these young teams in the in, in, in Major League Baseball that are making a lot of moves. I mean, we saw the Padres make a big trade to uh, acquire Blake Snell from the from the Rays. What are your thoughts on these young teams? And are you buying in? AJ shook his head to that one. <laughs> Dylan, what are your thoughts uh, on these young teams and uh, what they're doing moving forward? I think that the, we've seen both of these teams in the past be aggressive. Of course, the San Diego Padres, I don't think they can compete in that division. But I bring up the Chicago White Sox. If you remember back to the early tenure of Rick Hahn, their general manager, he was aggressive. He was at the deadline, got, went after and got Jeff Samarja and went all in. So that failed, but he's built this thing back up, acquiring uh, Eloy Jimenez. And now he makes these moves in this offseason. Uh, similar to Aaron's point on Brad Hand, Liam Hendricks has been dominant. He's another AL relief pitcher that's been really solid. And you bring him over to the White Sox, who have had Alex Colome. You bring Hendricks into that rotation, it gets much better. Uh, Lance Lynn's there. He's the big big horse that's uh, changed his game as well. He was the former St. Louis Cardinal, Indiana native, uh, most recently with the Texas Rangers. And then you bring back an old foe with Adam Eaton. He was on that team. Of course, they got Lucas Giolito from him his first time around and also Reynaldo Lopez. You get Adam Eaton back, uh, comes right into that clubhouse, should gel well with them. But I, I'm really buying this White Sox team because the division they're in, the Twins, 
Nelson Cruz is still a free agent. Um, he, he he provides a lot to their offense. I, I'm just I'm just not buying what the Twins have this year. They let go of Eddie Rosario, and there's not really anyone else in that AL Central that's too exciting with the Indians' losses as well. I think this White Sox team is ready to make the jump because you have a lineup already stacked. Tim Anderson, Adam Eaton there, Eloy Jimenez. I mean, you could go on for days with this lineup. I think they're pretty darn good. Yeah, they, they they've definitely made a lot of a lot of good moves. I, I'm I'm very interested to see what they do. And these young teams, it's like when the Padres got Manny Machado, I was like, oh, all right, the Padres are starting to do things. And then they they kept acquiring more more guys, more ta- more talent, and I'm like, oh, and they they got some young guys. They have Fernando Tatis, right? That's that's a guy that they have. He's a big time star for them. I did did some one of us draft Fernando Tatis? Uh, uh, no, we Aaron? talked about it. We- it's cool. My name's AJ, but you know, we'll get there. <laughs> I do that with my family all the time. It takes about seven people before we get the name right. So I'm used to it. No, we talked about uh, Juan Soto, but we didn't go uh, that route. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. remember. Actually, I don't remember who you drafted in, in uh, baseball. I drafted uh, uh, Cody Bellinger. And you drafted. Uh, uh, and you Ronald drafted. Ronald Acuna uh, Jr. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I do have one question though, and I'll I'll send this back over here to Dylan. We were talking about free agency. Why is it that there's a lot? I like, I feel like at least in like the NFL and the NHL and NBA, like these guys, the big name guys, they're signing fast. Like they're not on the market for a long period of time. Like they're gone. But for some reason with baseball, it just seems like these top guys are on the market for just way too. I mean, Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer won the Cy Young last year. Did he not? Am I, am I, am I crazy here? Why is the reigning Cy Young winner? Not like one of the first guys to be signed. Like as what's going on, Dylan. I tell you one name that's really started this whole thing is Scott Boris. Scott Boris, a super agent that has clients from anywhere from Garrett Cole, who signed a big deal to as little as, I don't know if you call him little, but Chris Bryant. So he has a ton of clients that has a lot of, and his, his policy is he doesn't want the players, his clients, to re-sign with these teams uh, for the first the, for the team they were originally with. He wants all of them to hit the market. And it's worked for a lot of those clients, but a lot of them, it's really hamstrung them. So if you look at how the MLB offseason is structured, there's no really dates. The dates are, okay, you, the season's over. You start the offseason. You have the winter meetings, which is a month in December or a week in December, where GMs get together. Of course, this year is all virtual. And then after that, you have nothing until arbitration hearings in January. And then it's spring training. So there's not really all these structured things like NFL. You have training camp. You have draft. All this stuff comes together in the offseason. The MLB, not so much. But to speak to it, to it as a whole, there's just not a lot of teams that are interested out of the gate because – you have someone in office. I don't want to bring up too much names here, but Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, has really, really made some questionable decisions here these last few years as it comes to progressing the game. And you look at you look at how he's gone about everything. No one knows when the season's starting. You got a rumor out of Arizona about the Cactus League not being ready to go or at least sending out things where they're not sure. And it should scare a lot of teams saying, are we going to sign someone to a one-year deal if we don't even know the whole season's going to get in? Plus, you have the collective bargaining agreement between the ownership and players coming up in the offseason of 21. I hate to say it, fellas, but I think we're heading for a strike next year. Oh, Jesus. That, yeah, that's what I was – honestly, um, Vinny, I'm going to jump in here. That's kind yeah, of what no, I'm going to speak to. And I think a lot of it has to do with not only, not only what Major League Baseball is doing, but also what these – 
what what the pandemic is causing um, and the fact that these teams are unsure of what's going to happen this year. And, and speaking about Trevor Brown, do we if we do sign the one year deal, are we even going to get anything out of them? And I think that's um, probably one of the biggest thing I, I, I see in baseball is the fact of being unsure of what's going on. How is Rob Manfredi going to um, actually lead this league into the next you know generation of players or generation as we as we move forward here? Uh, I'm with I'm with Dylan. I, I very well think there could be a strike at the end of this year. And uh, for baseball, that could be absolutely devastating. We might not ever see it the same way again. Yeah, you you remember uh, the 1995 strike? I think it was. It was if it wasn't for Cal Ripken, not a lot of people would have gotten right back into baseball. I don't think that I I really don't think that they can afford like like you said. I don't think that they can afford to 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 go on strike. I mean, as a as an NHL guy, I've seen my league go through multiple lockouts, and it just it hurts every single time. And you feel like yeah. you have to climb, you have to scratch and claw your way back in it. And for baseball, I mean. At least uh, this may be a biased take here, but for hockey, you have the game is still slightly fun and there's less games in the season than what there is in baseball. And you have a more fun game to watch and go to and enjoy. Baseball doesn't have that luxury. I mean, the the baseball, I mean, baseball guys will say they love the game. They love watching, but you two are both baseball guys and you you guys are both aware and, and, and admit to that there being a problem with the game. Do you not? Yeah, I know I do. I think the purists itself, like baseball purists, are going to love the game no matter what, right? No matter we're, – we're trying to find every reason to stay and watch. But I think it's the casual fan, and we, we talked about speaking to that question later, is how, do, how does baseball do a better job of bringing in the casual fan like the NBA does or like, major, or like the NFL does? And that's really the big issue for, for baseball is making sure that there's fans that want to come to games. Yeah, I don't know if they could uh, – I don't even know if the players would get much out of a strike. I mean, you're talking about doing that right after a pandemic, and I know it has to do with the collecting bargaining agreement and the way, you know, that's timed out and everything. But on either side, really, I mean, the players pushing – it's almost like when you go back to them pushing for how many games are going to be played. Like, there's just not much leverage there because how much are they going to have to be able to give back? You know, they're going to have to find a way to make money – and if there was ever a time where a fan might fall out, think about the people who you almost got, who were so close to enjoying baseball, and then, you know, COVID hits, and then sports stop, and then they come back. They're one of the first leagues to do it without a bubble or without a lot of safety protocols in place. And and they were stopping left and right, you know, a lot of what we're seeing in the NBA now, but that's not going to help. So if you talk about a strike coming up, I mean – who stands to gain more from that situation? I think it it kills baseball. It honestly just de- derails the entire sport. And I want to bring up one thing real quick about um, what was it? You you mentioned a point earlier on this, basically the strike. Let me just go off of that. Um, the strike this this could be detrimental to the game of baseball. You look at the fans. If the if you want to acquire new fans, market the game better. Honestly, you're not seeing any commercials with these superstars because Mike Trout has a personality of a soup can. Uh, Christian Yelich, <laughs> Christian, I'm being honest here. They they don't have any personalities. Uh, Christian Yelich, not a big one. The only thing you're getting out of is the flary guys, the guys that uh, jump off the screen, like Fernando Tatis, Ronald Acuna, Javier Baez, that are flashy. Bryce They're Harper. more performers than baseball players. Harper, uh, he, he was. He was. I don't know about now. <laughs> He's got the hair. He's got the hair, man. So, so Dylan, um, I, I want to jump in there because you bring up a, a good point. But we we spent the first part of the show talking about the Hall of Fame. 
and these old time and the baseball purists. Do you think, I mean, in my opinion, I think that has something to do with why we can't attract more fans in baseball. The fact that the game itself, not marketing these young players. And then when we do, we're getting mad at Tatis because he's bat flipping or celebrating um, after he hits a home run. And these same baseball purists are, are like denigrating or downplaying. This is something we don't want in the game. And then you get the casual fan that's looking for entertainment like we do in the NFL when they outlaw dancing. And then they realize, man, we better put this back in for touchdown celebrations because people want to see it. So I, I think baseball is continuing to struggle. Do we want to progress and still hold these baseball purists and keep that fan base as well? And I think there's this level of uncertainty on where, what direction they want to go in because I'm all for for being a baseball purist and loving the game and understanding the fundamentals and, and keeping all of that. But at some point you have to be able to move forward and allow this to be still entertainment and understand that these fans want to be entertained. I think there's an unwritten, I mean, the way that purists handle it now, it seems like there's a long list that if something goes wrong, they check it off and then they raise, raise everything to go with it. But you look at the game right now, I'm fine with bat flips. I think it, it adds an entertainment value to the game. But it's a completely different game now than it was years ago, and I think people aren't going to like that. Look, seven-inning doubleheaders, untraditional. We don't know if that'll stick. That's something else we're going to have to talk about in the uh, bargaining agreement, along with the universal DH and all these other things. But <laughs> Make <laughs> that a thing. <laughs> um, but marketing the game here, you look at these young players that are very exciting. I'm fine with everything they're going, but you also have to look at other sports. Sports are changing in general. You look at basketball, a lot more three-pointers than before. So it's a completely different game played. Now it's home runs all the time in baseball. Home runs, strikeout, no one ever cares. The purist in me wants to see more bunts, wants to see more stolen bases, and more strategy. Because I like the strategy of the game, and I feel like if you just go out there and try to hit home runs, it takes away from that strategy. And that's why I'm an advocate for not having the DH universally made or whatever. See, I'm with you on a lot of what you just said. Like, all, a lot of that seems like stuff that, one, keeps the game moving. Two, as Aaron said, keeps the fan entertained. What I don't like is every time I watch a baseball game, I'm seeing 13 pitches at one at-bat. I don't, I don't like seeing um, a game that I find side. Today I'm going to sit down and watch a baseball game because I owe it to myself to at least try, and that's the game that goes 16 innings. How? How are you going to – you're never going to keep a fan there doing that. So all the stuff you just mentioned, keeping the game moving, I think is one of the first things they have to attack, but that's from somebody on the outside hoping for a better product one day. I, I've got I, I've got some of them, and I'll, steer the, I'll eventually steer this back into the offseason here, but, I mean, the, a problem that baseball has had to me is, and you brought it up earlier with the guys not having, the, the top guys not really having, like, personalities that you can just advertise out there, and the guys that you do, it's just like, you shut them out. You're only seeing these guys though, like what four times a game, maybe Mike Trout. You you see Mike Trout come up to bat maybe four times and maybe make two plays in in the outfield, and that's it. That's all you're seeing of Mike Trout, superstar Mike Trout, best player in baseball. You're only seeing him for like a little bit amount of time. It would be so much better if you did allow these players to show their personality and be okay with it because. Out of all, what is it? Eight, eight infield, eight position players and a pitcher. Out of all these guys that are out there, let them have your personalities because 
you're not just going to be if you have one guy, it's not going to be enough. You have to let it all happen. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. It's confusing. I agree. I th- I think they need to allow uh, a lot more, and I don't mean they're not allowing it. I mean be acceptable to these players being a little bit extravagant. Because um, as you mentioned, you might have a team like the Angels who have struggled for years, and they have the best player in baseball. And how many people or casual fans could look at Mike Trout and actually know who he is? It's, it's it's, it's totally. Whereas in the NBA or the NFL, there's probably 20, 30 guys that are known before you know maybe the top five guys in Major League Baseball, and I think that's a I think that's a big deal. Vinny brings up the point about playing time. Hockey's doing a good job of giving out sources. They play 33, 30% of the game. I mean, heck, 20 minutes of ice time, you factor that into the length of the game there. I mean, I think that they still do a good job of doing that. You have Connor McDavid. Everyone ah, everyone knows Sidney Crosby. Everyone knows Alex Ovechkin. But they'll come around to learning who Connor McDavid is because it's basically the same exact narrative where you're not playing the entire game but in baseball, you're, you have to make the most of your at-bats. So I agree with you guys on the points of if they need to show personality up there. You just have the to search showcasing guys. The only place you can really do that, though, is when they're at-bat. Because when, when they're in the outfield, it comes to, like, think about throwing to one side of the field in football. Like, if I know, you know, Harper or Trout's out there getting ready to make a big play, I'm not trying to hit to him. I'm trying to score. So how, you can't really up the amount of playing time you get for outfielders. They're, they're going to do their job when the ball comes the to them. Is, if they're doing the, their job on the offense, that goes to the strategy point of things. Where are you hitting? Where are you finding your spots? The thing is, I think this that comes back to this, though. May, obviously, you can't force people to not to be who they're not, but allow these players to be themselves and show their personality more often. I have a, I, I, I remember this from last season or two seasons ago. Pete Alonso was rumored to be getting fined for what he did on 9-11 by, giving a, a, by gifting commemorative cleats to everyone on the Mets. There was a rumor about him getting fined for that. And then the MLB had to come out and say, oh, no, we're, we don't, we're not actually going to fine him. But they were, go- they, they were going to do that. That right there is a pro- like allow these players to have their personality because, yeah, you might have Mike Trout in the outfield for, for a series. If the if the viewer is paying attention to who's at bat and they can attach themselves to who's at bat, that that changes the game right there. Because like you said, Dylan with hockey, it's hard for people to latch on to hockey players because they're the game is just too fast and there's the, the amount of ice time that these guys get. You're at least seeing some of these players in baseball. They're coming up to the plate. You are this is a solo moment for these personalities to be displayed. Yeah. That's I, and, I feel like and think fun. about Think about these these casual fans that are at a game or watching a game on TV, and they see uh, Fernando Tatis come up to bat, hit a home run, bat flip, and he, even if he's not the best player, even if he's not Fernando Tatis, they might draw some sort of like connection to that player and be like, man, that guy's fun to watch, and they're going to tune in next time to watch that player play again. And I think that's what Major League Baseball has to embrace, is allowing, like you said, these guys to be themselves. And then once, as a casual fan, when I watch something, I'm not going to lie. First time I ever watched hockey was because I heard about Alex Ovechkin. And I was like, let me see what this guy's about. I watch hockey occasionally now because of him. I never watched hockey before. And so I think finding these guys that are like either dynamic or special, just special talents, but also allowing them to be themselves can draw in this audience or these people that may not really care about whether you're bunting with a guy on second base and, and no outs or not, but they're watching the game because, they find something exciting and they can draw from that. 
And that's step one. I mean, how do you get someone to like a game? Get them to like a personality. Get them to like someone who becomes synonymous with the game. You think a, a five-year-old who saw LeBron James for the first time is not going to fall in love with basketball? Like, that that's what you have to do. And, I mean, we, we can beat this idea into the bush because everyone thinks this. Like, it's that time. It's 2021. Kids are growing up different. They've got different personalities. They've got – a lot more information, which allows them to be more intelligent about the type of person they want to be at these ages once they become a professional. So, I mean, let it fly. You, you can still have your hammer hand and, you know, cut out some of the things you really absolutely don't want in the game. But there's certain things that it's just it's small potatoes. Like, come on, like let these guys go to work. It's as small a, potatoes. Unreal. What, what a guy right there. What a guy. As a, as a kid, let me just mention one more thing real quick. As a kid. When I fell in love with the game, you go out to the ballpark. You're reenacting the batting stances, right? I'm Sammy Sosa up there bending the knees. Right. You can't do that nowadays. I mean, uh, there, how many kids do you drive past and are out there on the ball field in general? And how many of them are up there trying to do the Kevin Euclid thing? I, I used to do that all the time as a kid. Or, or the Ryan Dempster glove twist. I mean, these are all the personality things that come out. And you mentioned the thing about Pete Alonso. Ben Zobris, who is a switch hitter, of course, uh, used to play for the Cubs. He wore PF Flyer Benny the Jet cleats for a game in uh, an afternoon in Wrigley, and he got fined because it didn't match any of his color schemes on his clothes. So that didn't match that 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 that, that doesn't sit well with Ridiculous. me. I mean, it's yeah. it's the same thing with uh, D'Angelo Williams in the NFL for trying to wear pink yeah. cleats one time. Oh, he took all he, those fines. The problem yeah. the problem you run into with baseball, like we mentioned, is it's a slow game, right? It's it's something that's understand understood as a purist. It's a slower game. And unfortunately, we're in a we're in an era now where these kids, they don't want to sit and watch a whole game, even no, at the ballpark. It, they want yeah. their Instagram and they want to see a highlight. And and as a dad, as a father, I, my son's into baseball playing it, but he can't sit and watch a whole game. And so baseball has to figure out a way to just incorporate different things to make the game more exciting. And I don't I don't know what those ideas are off the top of my head. And there's people that make a lot more money than I, I can make doing it. I, I got think of that idea. though. Think of that though. Listen to what he said just real quick though. His son plays baseball and doesn't want to watch baseball. Will volumes. not watch a game. That speaks volumes. Yeah, I, I agree. I when I when I was a kid, I went from hockey to baseball, and I was like, I can't, I can't. I mean, it's just not. It, it just doesn't get. It doesn't get me going, man. It just does. It doesn't. But I did think of an idea for the kids. We Let's did it. see it in the playoffs. The NFL. Did the oh, Nickelodeon gosh. playoff game? <laughs> Let's bring the slime zone to baseball, baby. Let's bring the slime zone to baseball. Can you imagine how that would look? That would get the kids going, though, would it not? I think I think Just, baseball would be a sport where you could honestly do that because you have more time yeah. to put in all these graphics with all the crazy exactly. things you want. Put fire on a pitch or something. Exactly. Yeah, that, I mean, on that, a that isn't run. actually that isn't actually a bad idea. They have to think of something to engage a younger audience. Pay me this money that Aaron was talking about. (laughs) Hey, if we could, we would. Pay me this money. So let let me steer this back in here so we can close. I I have one last thing I want to get both of you guys' takes on here. You guys mentioned long ago after we went on this uh, this little tyrant on on how the MLB can be better here. We talked about free agency. We talked about the guys that are still out there. We talked about a lot of uh, the problems with them being out there. I'm going to pull this up for you both. This is the list that I have compiled of some of the bigger names that are still on the market here. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give both of you guys. Let's see if I can. Let's do a minute challenge here. 
Dylan, Aaron, you guys will have a minute each to pick out one player. They can't be the same player. So if one person picks it, it's it's out. It's, it's done. You got one player each. One minute on the clock to tell me why this is the un, this player should be signed right away. Who wants it first? And AJ gets to decide. All right. Well, I'll be completely fair. We've gone to Dylan a lot today, so Aaron, you get to go first here. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm good with that because I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit of a Homer approach here. Uh, being over here in the West Coast, I'm a Giants fan. I mentioned it. I'm I'm actually looking to to re up our outfield. We've had outfield trouble for a number of years now, and kind of under the radar is JBJ Jackie Bradley Jr. And I think that's where I'm gonna go. Um, I think defensively, he's obviously one of the best outfielders in baseball. Um, I think he can help the Giants in a, in a number of ways. And with the addition of, of a Gosman, I, I just think this will be a nice fit. Now, obviously, I want our, our team to do a little bit more, but we have to start somewhere. And we've continued to struggle in the outfield for a number of, number of years. We went and got Pilar. Um, we, we've had a hole in left field for as long as I can remember. Um, I, think Jackie Bradley Jr., I think Jackie Bradley Jr. is the perfect fit. Bring him home to the Bay, Jackie Bradley Jr. What a guy. There's your minute. Beautiful, beautiful. This is just to let everyone know we we love to pull the curtain back on this show. This is completely out of no pun intended, left field here. This is completely out of left field. Neither of these guys are planning for this. I just made this graphic as the show was running. This is all just out of nowhere. Dylan, you have one minute on the clock. Who's your free agent and why should they be signed? DD Gregorius. This yes. is a guy coming off a great season with the Philadelphia Phillies. Of course, he had the connection with Joe Girardi there, re-upping with him. He was a former Yankee. I'm picking him to the Cincinnati Reds. I think he is someone that he was originally drafted by the Reds, sent to the uh, Diamondbacks. D.D. Gregorius comes in there. They haven't had a shortstop since a few good years from Zach Cozart. Um, I, I think I think he fits right, right in there with the uh, with the Cincinnati Reds. You look at their team, look at the NL Central. No one's trying to win. I think uh, D.D. Gregorius to the Reds makes sense. I also think Justin Turner to the Brewers makes sense. I love it. I miss Justin Turner. He used to be a Met, just to let everyone know. <laughs> I'm sure you guys actually all know this, but he used to be a Met. Yeah, any baseball player you bring up was a, a Met. A, a, we're, we're a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of players get better when they leave the Met. Sounds about right. <laughs> Name me one other than Justin Turner. <laughs> you just did. You said it yourself. Ah, dang. Okay. Daniel all right, Murphy? All right, all right. What we didn't even get let's 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 oh Daniel Murphy's a good one too. Um, we didn't even get to talk about since we bring up the Mets. Are we not going to mention the fact that Robinson Cano is like on PEDs and gone now? And and it actually no no take it this don't you mean again? It helps you. It actually it does, helps money. you because it, it definitely clears yeah. some space for you, and that could help you in getting Bauer. So he's doing would, you a favor. I was very excited for that. I, I was I was truly happy. Well, I. I guess I shouldn't say. I, yes, I was happy that this happened. The Mets under uh, under the Wilpon way, man, they would bring in guys. And th- this is a Mets tyrant here. They would bring in guys that would be past their prime, but at one point of their career, they were good. Robinson Cano, for example, is the prime example. Yoan Cespedes is another example. These guys had were great at one point in their careers. And then they stopped. And then the Mets were like, yes, we can revive these careers. We can do it. We don't have to pay them that much. We can come in and hope for the best. And, well, the Mets become the Mets. 
and we do Mets things, and this is what happens. But I'm hoping under the new regime that we have in New York, I'm hoping that Trevor Bauer signs and we can move on. We can be a team. I was so hyped when the Mets made the Super the the World Series. I was so hyped, so happy. That got me into baseball. That got me. <laughs> but that's it. That, that, that that's all I've got. All right. You guys ready to close this show out and then get into these uh, fan questions, fan topics, fan whatever they have? Bring it. Let's do it. AJ, do you have anything else, buddy? Do you have anything else for these two lovely gentlemen? I mean, thanks. <laughs> so appreciative to have you here on the Rough Cut Sports Cast. Uh, I hope you come back very soon. And, uh, <laughs> Is that Jerry Jones? AJ, we'll, uh... <laughs> AJ, yesterday when AJ did that video and he pulled up that that the the clip when he was uh he was Jerry Jones offering me for I can't remember who you were offering me for but you got into That's character cool. you didn't have a script apparently I was like losing my mind this guy's That's accent it made it. your your reactions were perfect it had me I laughed every time I looked at it so I had to by the it. way Vinny happy birthday we can say it live now since we weren't here yesterday happy birthday AJ happy good, birthday. good job on the video it was uh. It was amazing. It was fun to watch. Nice. Made yeah. me cry. Yeah, yeah. Made me cry. Yeah, but was... hey, let's, let, let's get out of here. Let's get out. Let's end the audio here. Let's get into these topics. Uh, just let everyone know, everyone in the chat that's watching here, send us your questions. Send us your topics. Just let it... What are you doing? What? I'm waiting on you to finish. Are you the margarita over there? No, he's doing the guy. You know, when they, they do like the court transcripts and they have the person that's doing the sign language, that's what AJ <laughs> was trying to do over there. Got it. I saw. I thought you were sign stealing. Also, side note, <laughs> side, side note here, Aaron, when you brought up the sign stealing and everything from the Astros, and I was like, in my head, I pictured because you said you did you coach literally. I'm like picturing, and you said you steal signs. I'm like picturing Absolutely. you stealing because you have a trash can just banging on a trash can, <laughs> literally telling these children that, that that what pitch is coming and letting them know what's happening with a big trash can just smash it. it would be that the would... kids idea it's their idea they know i'm telling you <laughs> baseball players are bred to be very smart and pick up on little things it's and cheaters. the kids idea and they've done it they've done it since they were eight nine years old unbelievable you. unbelievable so let's let's end it here don't forget stay in the chat everybody after we close out the show for fan take it's basically fan takeover dylan do you have any last words before we close it out not much. I appreciate being on here again. Um, one more thing, I guess one more baseball thing. Atlanta Braves got to fill their hole in the lineup. I mean, you had Josh Donaldson 2018, 2019 Marcelo Zuna. Right now they're asking a lot of Austin Riley. They need to make a signing. Maybe Nelson Cruz tries the NL for the first time in his career, but you never know. Dylan, tell them where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me at the Big City Sports Podcast everywhere. I'm on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Uh, Chicago, New York Sports Takes coming on over there. Um, as I mentioned earlier about the Notre Dame thing, Golden Domers report that's on YouTube. But other than that, you can find me at uh, Dylan Kearns TV. And of course, Aaron with the gold mic over there. You got the gold LeBron James jersey over there. It's just gold everywhere. Any last thoughts and tell them where they can find you. Baseball fans. We already got these two guys right above me that are going to become baseball fanatics. Uh, I just implore everybody to watch a game and actually try to watch the entire game, try to understand what's happening, because once you actually do understand the game of baseball, it doesn't seem so slow anymore. I promise you that it starts to pick up, um, like I said, big baseball guy. So I I just encourage fans and and parents, take your kids to games if you can. Talk to them about it. Uh, Let them play it. It's, It's a great game. And that's my biggest takeaway. Let's get more people watching 
playing baseball. That's what I want to see. I know Vinny's next question. You can find me at Sports Uncovered on Facebook, Sports underscore Uncover on Instagram, as well as at Sports Uncover on Twitter. And you can also check out my Sideline to Sideline podcast on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, all that good stuff. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I feel like I feel like that uh, that sound is familiar when I try and convince everybody to watch hockey. I'm like, hey, the sport's not that bad. You, can come you got watch, me. Enjoy it. Uh, exactly. One down, a million to go. Also, I have told my wife several times, I'm like, hey, we have a kid. I'm not getting him into football. I'm not getting him into basketball. I'm not getting him into hockey. I'm getting him into baseball because it's the, probably the least the least potential of getting hurt, and they will make a ton of money more money than any other sport here okay so kids get into baseball aj any last words before we close out here i will be honest i do once the season comes around i do try like i say to myself (laughs) all right i'm going to watch some baseball if there's a sport that i need to brush up on so i can hold my own in a conversation it's baseball i'll get a couple spring training innings in and i'll peep it out on espn and then it just falls back. I, you know, <laughs> by the next time I've turned the TV on for baseball, it's the World Series. And and that's always great. I thoroughly enjoy it. But um, Because your Braves suck and they're just never in anything. Whoa. Just coming off a deep run in the playoffs. Like, what <laughs> no, are you talking about? No, they don't. Don't mind these people. I mean, I pay attention enough to that. Like, calm down, sir. Don't, don't, don't lie to these people. Up, you got to bring us Ar- Arguably, they should have won. I mean, they should have won that. They should have. They should have. They blew the series. They blew the series. I know that much as well, too. Because I was going to be happy either way. I was going to be happy either way because my Atlanta Braves were going to the World Series. Or I have another championship berth on my resume with the Tampa Bay Rays, but they couldn't figure it out. So, you know, it's cool. It's all right. It's what it is. It's good. I didn't realize you guys switched your backgrounds before you made that statement. Wait, what? Oh, no. Mine was here from the (laughs) (laughs) get-go. All day. All day. I I came in hot. I'm a homer. I believe in it. (laughs) Hey, you want to tell them where they can find us, Vinny? I don't want to tell them where I don't know. Okay, let me. I will. I will tell them where they can find us because I'll read it off of this beautiful graphic Let's here. You can find us on Twitter at the Rough Cut underscore Sportscast. You can find us on Facebook at Rough Cut Sportscast, and of course on Instagram at the Rough Cut Sportscast. I'll do this in order too because the next screen you're about to see it says like, and then it'll say share and then it'll say subscribe because we're also on youtube at the rough cut sportscast tell your mama tell your daddy tell your brother tell your sister tell your sister cousin brother aunt uncle all that kind of <laughs> stuff and of course we are sponsored by halftime sports collectibles the number one place to get your sports memorabilia last question for all three of you schmucks here do you guys say aunt or aunt aunt sorry aunt or aunt i'm an aunt guy I go yeah. back and forth. It depends how I'm feeling. Uh, you can't go back and forth. You gotta pick a side. <laughs> I, I've said I've said them both ways. I probably say aunt more than aunt. There it is. And AJ, M- mine is actually auntie. Oh, we're, there we're you auntie go. People I, around here. But you would you wouldn't say auntie. No, I, I would say auntie. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So you're an aunt, and then you know, everyone else. letter in the floor. <laughs> yeah. No. Everyone else here is an aunt. Thank you guys so much for tuning in on the audio version. If you're not watching us on Facebook or Twitter, you're missing out. You're just missing out at this point. Like we are here to give you guys, you sports fans, a place to come hang out and talk with the guys. Like this is it yeah, right here. Right here. It's, it's lit. Sports. It's lit. 
So for you guys listening on the audio session, it's it. That's it. We're going home. That's that's it. We're going to drop this little mic. Yeah. Audio turd nuggets. We will see you tomorrow for me beating AJ in Madden. Okay. <laughs>